Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We appreciate you taking the time with us. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. Technical support is provided by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 corporation. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, Fred. Uh, good morning on the last Sunday of NFL football before the playoffs. Exactly. And marks an anniversary. Ten years of the Smart Driving Cars newsletter. This is our fifth year with the podcast. Big anniversaries to mark, I suppose. Yeah, I guess, you know, a big start of a new year. A happy New Year to everybody. And uh, let's have a great 2022. Um, I, actually, I must say for myself, uh, Fred uh, had a really good 2021, even though a lot of people didn't. Um, I was very, very fortunate. So I give a lot thanks of a lot of progress. Give, right. give thanks for all the progress, uh, people that are helping us and helping me and so on. And really appreciate it. Well, in the latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter, Alan, on top is a report from McKinsey and Company headlined The Road to Affordable Autonomous Mobility. It starts out, Robo Taxis promise affordable mobility, but with widely varying service costs across use cases and geography, providers must address operational and service issues to realize that promise. Doesn't sound like there's much news in that statement, but you have some thoughts here. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, tell us something we didn't know. I mean, my goodness, McKinsey, um, yeah, everybody realizes this with transportation, that, that, uh, that the use cases and geography make a difference. You know, um, New York City subway system makes a lot of sense in Manhattan, not so much in Princeton. And of course, you know, personal car ownership and ability to go anywhere, whatever, and do all the things you need to do, of course, make a heck of a lot of sense in Princeton, but not so much in Manhattan. And it's, it's true throughout the modes of transportation, you know, an airplane's pretty good in air, not so good in water, except for maybe one landing in the, in the Hudson at one point, but, you know, and so, you know, one, one reads this and, and one says, okay, uh, you know, this article is going to deal with what are the, the geographies and what are the use cases where this might be good. Uh, don't tell us, you know, all the cases where it's obviously not good, or maybe also do that. Uh, but my goodness, it, it doesn't even do that. It doesn't even point out the, what is, the, you know, to me, the, the, the fundamental value of autonomous taxis. Uh, you know, the, 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 the fact that, 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 that you have a computer and, and, a, and a, um, a sensor actuator stack doing the driving, which in some sense, you know, makes all the difference in the world, I think. Uh, why? Because you don't need to have a human do that, which is what goes on with, with current conventional mobility. You have to have a human out there driving it, make sh making sure that it doesn't crash, at least in, in many forms of transportation. Uh, and in, in the forms of transportation where you do that, that, that human either uh, works for uh, pittances or whatever he or she can get, uh, or, you know, works for a living wage. And that makes all the difference in the world. 
so you know, it's not that buses uh, uh, aren't uh, uh, a potential solution. They're a potential solution where you have enough people willing to ride that bus who can contribute to pay for the bus driver. And if you don't have enough people willing to ride that ride that bus uh, and contributing to the to the payment of, of the of the driver, then they better be rich because then it looks like a taxi. And it doesn't even look as good as a taxi because it's on a schedule and on a, a fixed route with a few locations that you can go to. Whereas at least a taxi gives you the opportunity of being picked up here and taken to maybe many places. But of course, it's the fundamental, it's that fundamental aspect of the technology that makes a difference. And if we're going up in the world, you know, we have a choice of using our legs if we have them and can use them. Or, my goodness, somebody or a bunch of folks uh, developed an elevator. And the elevator made some sense, you know, in some places when you had an operator. But my goodness, talk about geographies and use cases that it doesn't make a sense. Any sense is every is it essentially every tall building in New York, except for maybe Trump Tower, where they're so rich that they could afford it. Uh, but, you know, otherwise you can't. And so until you get to the point of being able to take the operator out of that system, it's geography and use cases. My goodness, it's, it's UGLY. It's not close. But all of a sudden, if you then replace it with a little gizmo that allows it to operate, but somebody just has to push a button or say, hey, you know, Alexa, I want to go up to the 14th floor or who knows what or Siri or who knows what. Then all of a sudden, whoo, then you have a Manhattan skyline instead of a Paris skyline. I mean, all the difference in the world. And my goodness, McKinsey doesn't point this out. They don't even talk about the, the fact that, you know, the, the fundamental benefit of, of, of autonomous taxis are one, the fact that you don't have to pay for a driver, you can, might only need to pay for a computer and that stack and that computer and that stack can actually operate 24 seven or close to it. It doesn't care when it works and it can work at midnight or it can work at, at, at eight o'clock in the morning. And it doesn't have to go to the bathroom and it doesn't have to be, it, it doesn't have to um, a family to feed. Oh my goodness. You know, that's fundamentally different. Now, where can you use that to one's advantage? Okay. We can see that it's been used in going up and down very much to an advantage. Maybe it can be used to be going around, you know, horizontally. And then all of a sudden, if you if you then realize with respect to this, what essentially all of the developers of these things have said, is they said of the infrastructure, just give us paint and a smooth surface. What you would do for the conventional things anyway, really nothing else. Because in the automated highway days, you know, more than 15 years ago, seven, more than 17 years ago, pre-DARPA challenge, what everybody thought, oh my goodness, you had to build an exclusive roadway for each one of these things to operate. Oh my goodness, who can afford to do that? Now these things have two fundamental values. One, they use the existing system, okay? And maybe even say, oh, we might not even pay for it yet or until we, there are many of us. 
guess what electric vehicles have said? The only reason why our electric vehicles out there now is one, guess what? They've used the existing roadways and, and haven't paid anything for them. They don't pay gas tax. And two, they've had an enormous subsidy from the, from the, from the government to, to give you money when you buy one and also for you to sell your carbon whatevers to others, which is what Elon's done. Okay, so those are fundamental values that they've used to get to where are they now? Well, you know, a couple percent of the, of the fleet, they sort of have a little bit of a hockey stick. I mean, we point out later how, how well Tesla did last year, selling about essentially a million units. You know, congratulations on getting that. But my goodness, you know, compared to everything else worldwide, not so much. Okay, so in a sense, these are the fundamental values. And then what does this report do in exhibit one? You know, it taught it wants to talk about the cost, you know, the cost of delivering mobility. And what they have is a table of what the prices are, of what people pay. Okay. And of course they have public transit in there is a very small number. It's not the cost of public transit. Cost of public transit is a big number with the, with, with the public sector picking up a big chunk of it. That's the reason why the cost of the user is so, so, so small. So there's been, there's been a fundamental subsidy provided there. So if you're going to compare where autonomous taxis are going to be is one, what is their cost of really putting them out there? And then if you want to make the price less, who's going to come up with what contribution? Now, we know that there's been some contributions to autonomous taxis so far. A hundred billion by the private sector investors. Okay, at some point, they're going to want some of their money back. So that's been an enormous, you know, subsidy. The other subsidy is they're out there using the same roadways. Maybe at some point they're going to be asked to, hey, ante up a little bit. Okay. And then what else? I don't know. But you have to look at the other modes and the other ways. You have to look at, at you know, how they being subsidized. There's a price in there for Ubers and Lyfts. But my goodness, guess what? investors have been subsidizing those prices and you know the folks that are out there doing that driving at some point you say hey if you scaled up there aren't too many people more people out there willing to work that cheaply to deliver that that level of service so absolutely okay the use cases and the geography are important neither of which are focused on in this report and also Need not the fundamental values of, of, of autonomous taxis, which are, hey, I don't have to build new infrastructure. Holy mackerel, if we need an infrastructure built just for autonomous taxis, it would never happen. And secondly, hey, we may not need this driver, which if you look at the other modes that provide that kind of mobility, if we do it with our personal cars, we provide that for free. We're a free chauffeur. Okay, we deliver that. It's pretty good walking. We deliver our own mobility as long as we have legs. If we don't have the legs, whew, 
guess what? You know, wheelchairs aren't that easy. If we don't have the eyes, oh my goodness, you know, cane and a, and a, and a helping dog, not that easy. The geography in which you can operate is not that easy. And we certainly know that, you know, if you don't have some help going up, not so easy climbing the steps, even with good legs and with good eyes. And so the only way you, you end up being competitive and provide a mobility that, that at, a, at, a level, at a cost level is by doing certain things. And if you have to have an operator in there, forget about it. And so come on, McKinsey. Yes, it's a great title. Okay, yes, it's a great first sentence. The rest of it, you completely missed the boat. And one would expect more from McKinsey. Sorry, I mean, they're supposed to be top notch. Cut it out. You, you certainly expect more from your students who've talked about the geographies and everything too. Absolutely. I mean. My goodness, my students. I mean, you know, grade school, you know, kids running a, running a lemonade stand. I mean, come on. I'm sorry, but, you know, darn it. Well, after that storm, let's talk about another one. <laughs> Last week, a winter storm left a lot of people stranded on I-95 in Virginia. Uh, just another reminder, as you point out in the newsletter, that vehicles, autonomous or not, can't provide mobility 24-7, 365. It just doesn't work that way. Everywhere. And you SAE level five. The week before they closed Interstate 80 in California, people were complaining about ways taking them through, through windy uh, uh, roads, back roads up to Tahoe. I mean, I mean, come on, are you are you serious? Would anybody? Of course, those things. If I eighties closed, those suckers are closed too. Okay, I mean, they close them anyway. And so you know, this business about you know providing mobility everywhere, level fives. My goodness, come on, uh, SAE. You know, take that off your list. You have level zero, which is conventional cars. Level five is some sort of, you know, Silicon Valley, you know, never mind. I won't even, I'm sorry. <laughs> On the subject of Silicon Valley, Elizabeth Holmes' uh, case ended with her being found guilty of fraud. The New York Times called it a high profile case that came to symbolize the perils of Silicon Valley hype and hubris. You point out there are lessons to be learned here for those involved in autonomous mobility. I think so. You know, I mean, it's unfortunate that she may be made the Martha Stewart of, of Silicon Valley, having a um, you know a young lady to take the heat where who knows how many guys did 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 similar or worse. In some sense, you know, a little bit like Martha Stewart going to jail for insider trading. Why? <laughs> I mean, come on, uh, whatever. That's a whole other story. But really, I mean, you know, Silicon Valley has taken uh, some of this stuff with smart driving cars and, and gone out there and said stuff that is, that is, that, that is, I mean, it, it, it's just like this case. It's so, it's so ridiculously overpromising. And maybe, and, and you know, and maybe that's just you know the way Silicon Valley has gotten to be Silicon Valley and, and done that, or or gone there and 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 um, and done the things that um, that um, that you know um, you fake it until you make it, you know, uh, aspects of this. 
And we, if we look at autonomous uh, cars, it is very tough. And maybe what we're trying to do in Trenton is, is, is maybe an impossibility or really tough. And, but we realize that it's really tough. And we realize that it's really tough, not just because of the tech, technology, but because of the sociology. And we really need to be able to deal with the sociology of these things, because in fact, if it's going to be a market, people are going to need to use it and need to appreciate it, need to love it, need to come back and use it again. Otherwise, you know, why are we doing this? But the kind of stuff that's out there, I mean, you know, from the from the videos that, that are, you know, just just basically faking it or to, to the outright, you know, stealing of information from, from one, one uh, company and taking it to the next or the, or the you know, complete whatever, um, smoke and mirrors that are in others uh, to, you know, the, the titles and the naming, the, you know, the full self-driving this and the level five that, and do 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 I mean, cut it out. Well, that's why you're here. here. That's why you're here to, to call them out. But we should point out too, there are some responsible companies trying to do it right. Absolutely, there are. I mean, I and, and maybe all they're all trying to do it right. But why are they out there putting this stuff out to the public? That that just, I mean, um, don't they care about their reputations? <sighs> I don't know. Meanwhile, at the Consumer Electronics Show this past week uh, with GM CEO Mary Barra delivering a keynote on video, not in person, she unveiled a new electric Silverado pickup truck and plans for other EVs. And then she turned to autonomous mobility and showed a self-driving Cadillac concept car and added the company and its cruise subsidiary will be offering personal autonomous vehicles by the middle of this decade. And that doesn't sit too well here. Well, I am just so happy with Andrew Hawkins, at least titling his, his um, coverage of this Cadillac's autonomous future looks too rich for my blood. You know, he doesn't, I mean, it is, it is, it is just, everything's wrong about this. Everything's wrong about this. You know, it's for the 1% of the one percenters is, is what it's about. I thought that we were over this when the CEO of, of Daimler came out, what, five years or six years ago in CES in the, in the Daimler F0150, do da do da 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 you know, sipping a, you know, a glass of champagne. I don't know if he really was sipping a glass of champagne, uh, but looking like he was sipping a glass of champagne as he's coming in and certainly whatever. Come on. Is that really what the, what the hundred billion dollars of investment has been for those folks again? To, to then take take the the mobility playing field and 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 separate it even farther, cut it out, okay? GM, I you know if you only want to serve the one percent of the one percenters, fine. But my goodness, that's that's what not what this automation is good for. What, what computers have been really good for, what these things have been really good for, is they've been really good for a heck of a lot of people, and especially some people lower down in the income strata. 
Okay, it's allowed them to have communications and 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 games and and interaction with uh, on equal par with the rest of the world. You know, maybe at a pretty high price tag, but still, they seem to be able to to find a way to afford it. And come on, I mean, this is this is like ridiculous. And if you think that you're going to sell any of these really, you know, autonomous, you know, call it, call it level four, okay, whatever you want to call it, driverless vehicles to individuals, uh, um, GM, you don't have enough money to cover the li expected liabilities of those things. Okay, so in the end, you're not going to do it because the lawyers aren't going to let you. All right, they're going to say absolutely not because if your stack is now responsible for something that I then acquired and I then, you know, keep in my on my driveway, and then I send it out to, for Fred to use, and it just goes out to Fred, and while on its way to Fred, guess what, GM, Mary, you're responsible something happens it's on you are you willing to pick up that tab you know maybe she didn't not if i'm in the loop not if i'm in the loop i don't think so i don't think you're rich enough and well, so you won't do it she didn't use the phrase full self-driving i don't think but it, it sounds pretty much the same kind of promise here doesn't it? well it sounds like the promise or something hey what, what they have right now in 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 in, uh, in their um um uh, highway pilot or whatever the, the heck they call super cruise you know is really good it's really good it gives me it gives someone a lot of comfort and convenience all right it's really good Need something more than that? I, whatever. It's certainly not what what she's out there. And in some sense, I guess I guess Dan must have must have you know had a conversation with her and said, "Oh my goodness, is that really the way GM's going? That's not where Cruise should go. Cruise wants to provide mobility for people. It wants to del de deliver that mobility. It doesn't want to sell vehicles to people. It doesn't want to do the the hundred year old." business model of GM and it wants a new business model. So he, he must have he must have had a hissy fit. And she said, well, and that's why he, of course he wanted to take take cruise do an IPO. Get the heck out of that that kind of business model. I mean it's a different thing if you're providing the mobility for entities. If you're providing an elevator so I don't have to use my legs going upstairs. If you're providing mobility for me so that I don't have to drive and be in that worrying about operating that thing and keeping from crashing. That is a whole different business than me, you know, uh, sitting there as I did, you know, for the past two hours, two hours, almost four hours driving to Delaware and back and in close to freezing rain, you know, worried to death as to whether or not I'm going off the road. Who? And then when I buy one of the, when I buy one of these from GM, I can just send it down there in freezing rain. Oh, you go do it. I mean, SAE said, oh, level five. It can, uh, I mean, can you create, can you imagine the chaos? And the next the time a, a, a storm comes about... up, the next time a storm comes up by 95 in Virginia, I'm just going to send my car to go do that. Right. 
GM's going to take the responsibility of that? Not Never happen. Right. What Talk about the per- here? What about the perception problem? They are promising with the new vehicles coming out next year that uh, X number of miles, thousands and thousands of miles around the country that people will be able to drive hands-free using that phrase without, without the addition of any other language that they're, you're still yeah, well, having, Tesla's you're still been doing it be. with Tesla's been doing it for auto, with autopilot for how many years now? Right. But there are people, thousands, when, when you, t- when you tell there people are that thousands free, of miles, there are thousands of miles right. of roadway in the U S that are really easy to drive. Really easy. They don't have traffic lights. They don't almost don't have anybody else on them. They 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 are they are, they have many lanes that that do that that da thousands. They're they're you know hundreds of thousands. The question Easy. is what the, the problem what is that in right. the middle of some of those things and going from A to B. Whoa! Somebody has to, this stuff's got to get a heck of a lot better. Look at all the demos out there of full self-driving that are on the web. It works really well a lot of the time. <laughs> it has to do it all the time, okay? Or essentially all the time, okay? The way you and I do it essentially all the time when we drive from A to B, okay? And unfortunately, as most, as all of the demos have shown, oh my goodness, whew, it's a good thing I grabbed the whole, I grabbed that wheel or hit that gas or hit that brake, you know? And I, I think if you tell the average person that the vehicle that you now have purchased, you can drive hands-free on all these miles, what does it mean to the person? It does, it, it gives, it lends, lends them to think that, they don't have to be paying attention. If you tell somebody it's hands-free, that means, okay, I can play with my phone. I can turn around. Hey, I don't do say play with what? I don't, look, it's, I mean, try. I think you need to be in the loop. You need to be in the loop. And yes, there are some situations, a lot of situations in which it's really easy. And yes, you can probably, you know, look at your phone for a few seconds. Yes. But boy, I don't know. Hey, um, I don't know. Well, the language, my point is the language should be in there. If they're saying you can, that it's hands-free, <laughs> but you have to be attentive. I mean, the, absolutely. And, and GM's done a wonderful job. They put the, right. they, they put the, the eye tracker in there. And if you, if you don't track whatever in my, in my car, you know, if I don't, if I take my hands off the wheel for too long, it goes and beeps and I got to twiddle it. Okay. And so great. All right. It, I love it. I, I, I absolutely. And I think what, you know, with the, with a, at least the 2018 S class and Mercedes, the, the thing finally does do a pretty darn good job of lane centering. Okay. A reasonable, and it really does keep me in the lane and keeps me from drifting out of it. And I really love it. And the intelligent cruise control, as far as I can see, really works well because it's easily able to identify a moving object in front. Why? Because, because the, the closing velocity is different than your current 
velocity or the closing speed is different than your current speed. Now, whether or not that thing works when there is, uh, I come up over a hill and there happens to be a stop line of traffic at a traffic light overhead that I haven't seen until, it hasn't seen until it's actually stopped in front. Um, it, I, 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 haven't, <laughs> I haven't tried it to see if it works because I'm afraid that it doesn't. And I don't, but I don't know that it doesn't. <laughs> I just haven't experienced that it does. So, you know, and that's the same problem that, that autopilots run into with autopilot. It's fine when it's vehicle following, but when it's vehicle leading and all of a sudden a stationary object appears in the lane ahead, it, 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 ooh, it, it's in trouble. Either it, it doesn't break because it disregards it or it breaks and you're unhappy with it because it it applied the brakes and you're saying, well, why in the hell are you applying the brake? That's only a, an overpass ahead that I'll be easily able to pass under. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not confident. That's just me. I'm, you know, I'm a consumer. What am I? I'm just, you know, some, from some backwater town in New Jersey, you know, in the swamps of New Jersey, whatever. What do I know? You are in back of water, a river there, but that's about the extent of it. <laughs> whatever. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg uh, also virtually addressed CES. He was talking about how the government is working to foster innovation. And one quote was, I'm very mindful of the fact that the widespread use of automated cars has been five years away for at least the last decade in terms of the conversations that you see happening among what he called the more breathless commentators. So I yeah, don't, I don't any... know. I don't know if anybody said widespread adoption. Uh, Mary didn't say uh, people be, be, she'd be selling a bunch of these things by mid, by mid century. I, I think she said that uh, mid twenties, mid decade. Right? Uh, I think she might have said I'll sell one or two or three. I mean, look at how long it took them to to put um, put their their um, their system in, in uh, into the um, uh, Cadillac um, CT6. I mean, they barely had it in 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 a few that showed up in the in the showroom and would put it in any other models. You know, so the whole business about about you know anything being somewhat you know widespread, widespread. I mean, how long did it take for these guys to become widespread? How long is it? I mean. <laughs> Electric vehicles aren't wide widespread yet. Okay, I mean they're still in the onesies twosies percentage wise, and 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 even in the in the uh, uh, you know autopilot uh, super cruise levels of, of vehicles, uh, we're barely at, at what might be the the Prius um, level of of electric vehicles. We aren't even the Priuses. And with autonomous, with 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 providing uh, mobility as a service out there, um, without a driver, I mean, we're one place in the world, Chandler, and that place seems to be only limping along because because we haven't seen an announcement from Waymo saying how phenomenally successful it's been. And so, since we don't hear that it's been phenomenally successful, it, it, I guess we should assume it hasn't been. Thank you for not, you know, um, uh, lying to us, Waymo. Uh, so, um, uh, in a sense, you know, we're at the very, very beginning, or maybe not even the beginning. So, 
nobody's nobody's ever said that there's going to be widespread in five years. I mean, nobody's ever said that. Somebody said maybe we'll start. We'll start a couple. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, what we do know is that um, even though the federal government is trying to catch up, uh, since it's not very far along, there's not much catching up they'll need to do because, you know, there's just not much out there yet. But in fact, um, the only way that we've gotten to where we, we have gotten is because there's been $100 billion invested by the private sector in this. And certainly, uh, essentially, none of that $100 billion came out of the federal government. They've kicked in essentially zero to this point. They couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford it. They still can't afford it. We'll be back with more. But first, this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The symbol is MOTO. You can get more info at MOTOETF.com. On the website there, look for the white paper called The Smart Transportation Revolution. It's under the Insights and News tab. There's great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing. ETFs, you probably know, can be a good way to spread risk with investments and focus on a particular category of stocks. The website, again, is MOTOETF.com. We're back with more of Smart Driving Cars. Alan, Mobileye, and Geely, the largest automaker in China, say they're joining forces to build a consumer-ready autonomous vehicle that will be ready in two years? Well, I, you know, I guess that's what Elon announced with full self-driving, what, uh, three years ago? So that's about my only comment. I guess if you want to sell an EV, you've got to do what Elon did, you know, put autopilot or full self-driving on it. I guess that's what they're doing. Okay, uh, we'll wait and see. Volvo Cars, meanwhile, announced plans to launch its new Ride Pilot unsupervised autonomous driving feature to customers in the state of California, and it will make its debut in an all-new all-electric flagship SUV uh, set to come out later this year. Did Elon say that? <laughs> this one's this one's. I mean, Volvo. come on. I mean, un unsupervised. I mean, come on, I guess Nitsa, you really do need to jump in there and tell all these folks that come on, you know, really unsupervised. Who? I mean, is that, is that, is that what's worse, full self-driving or unsupervised driving? I, I, never mind. Tesla, meanwhile, reported an 87% increase in 2021 deliveries, despite the chips chip shortage. Uh, so they're still rolling along. You know, I mean, th that is an accomplishment. Now, he's had an enormous amount of help. As we've already mentioned, you know, the, those things don't pay road use taxes. Okay, and most of the people buying think they're going to get electricity for free. And, you know, just wait until Enron comes back five years from now. See how free electricity is. Okay, and, 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 um, and you know, and people have been, uh, he, I guess his subsidies for buying it sort of ran out. Uh, but but uh, whatever. And, you know, I guess it is turning a profit. So, you know, can't say that investors, but he is selling the selling the, the carbon um, uh, savings associated with that and getting revenue from that. 
And he's been brilliant in terms of his uh, putting in chargers for his fleet. Uh, and he's done a brilliant job of marketing and didn't pay for any advertising. Uh, does, uh, do they ever, I mean, do they pay for any advertising? I don't think they've, have they written a check to Facebook or Google or anybody yet for, I don't think, um, maybe. I don't think, uh, so, I don't, and I then mean, they don't have a public relations department. Either. And they don't have public relations. <laughs> I mean, you, when you have Twitter and you have Elon, you don't need a public relation. I mean, you get, you get enough print and so on and so forth. Uh, but, you know, and this is, this is, but, but people have gone out there and bought them, I guess, you know, that I, I don't, I don't think that's fake. That is something. I'm, so, I'm seeing a lot know, of vehicles out there. So I'm in sure a you sense, are too. Yeah, and yeah. we see them all over the place, right? And, you know, I still have my thousand dollars out there that I put down for for a Model Three. How many years ago? So I'm still in line someplace. Maybe I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever exercise that sucker. Well, now now the company is saying that it's going to increase the price of what they call the full self driving package. To twelve thousand uh, dollars, I think that's an increase of two thousand uh, as of January seventeenth. So maybe they want a lot of people between now and the seventeenth. Well, you know, I no, I, I think it's it's somewhat brilliant. I mean, you know, it probably is worth that, even if it isn't full self driving, and and people must be buying it, or maybe this is the way Elon is 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 making sure that nobody abuses the use of, of, of full self-driving. He makes it so expensive that nobody buys it. So of course, if nobody buys it, nobody will abuse it. I, I don't, but you still I don't need, know. you still need to have, they monitor your driving. And I, I think you still need to have this score that's near perfect in your driving before they let you turn it on. So yeah, but uh, people that I people that I know that uh, that own that own Teslas, man, they went out there as soon as they heard that they started driving very carefully just to build their score up so that they could get it. Well, look how much societal good they got doing it. With that. They then went nuts <laughs> and then went back up, back to the way they were. I don't want to say that about my friends who own Teslas, but uh, yeah, whatever. This is great, wonderful. Uh, you know, uh, and, and it may or, or may not be inflationary, or I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but who knows? Maybe it's 1980 all over again, or 81, in which we're going to have, you know, 20% inflation every year. Whew. Don't say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Not, sorry, folks. I'm, I apologize. Except I'm telling you, at that time, I must say, I needed to buy a mainframe, the smallest IBM mainframe. And I went to my local bank and asked for, you know, bending knees, alms for the poor. I need to borrow money to buy, buy a small IBM mainframe. I don't know, it was $400,000. And my banker said, Alan, we're going to do you a favor because you're such a good guy. We're going to, we, we're going to lend you the money at a point and a half above prime. And I said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, prime was 21. <laughs> what a lesson I learned. Man, I paid that sucker off faster. Make your tail spin. What a great lesson, man. I, I love the tuition I paid on that sucker. And, um, and um, you know, I haven't borrowed money since. Whew. Except for, you know, right now when money was so damn cheap, of course. I mean, put borrow, put in the market. I mean, never mind. 
In the latest uh, newsletter, Alan, you've got a, a community engagement update on, on Trenton Moves. Uh, this is the state plan to bring affordable, autonomous mobility to the people in Trenton, announced by Governor Murphy not long ago. Now, there have been seven community sessions that I saw there, and the indications are that there's really some great, strong support. It's it you know you almost cry when when you when you read these in terms of of the 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 lack of mobility and accessibility that it, that is that some have or don't have here and, and compared to what we happen to have and and the opportunity to to maybe you know bring them mobility that of course isn't as good as what we have becomes so much closer that the level of service is such that, you know, it's not just, hey, on the schedule and not just to a few places along the line, certainly not all places, but many places, certainly not all times, but many times. And so what we're saying, what we're saying with respect to Trenton moves, what we're looking to deploy there at least in the beginning, is a mobility system to go back to the geography and use cases that McKinsey supposedly was going to talk about that didn't, is to look at, you know, 12 by 24 by 350. You know, 12 hours a day to start, seven days a week, and, you know, not 365.25, 350. Let's do that first. Let's provide that kind of mobility first. From many places, huh, might have to walk five minutes. It's not right at your kitchen door, okay? But walk five minutes, hey, not so bad, maybe, all right? I think technologically that is doable within an operational design domain, the size of Trenton with an attendant. And let's get it working and let's get the people in Trenton to appreciate it and to trust it into, for two years with an attendant. And then at that point, I think we'll be where, where the elevator was in 1945. Oh my goodness. We don't have elevator operators. They went on strike. Oh my goodness. This thing still works up and down. These things still work. And then we can go from 12 from 12 by 7 to 24 by 7. But still 350. And then we can take the, the attendants who got it to work in that operational design domain and got to work, meaning not only is the technology safe, but the public who are users trust it, appreciate it, value it, protect it, use it appropriately, don't trash it. Those are the tough pieces. And once we do it within, within that little spot of Trenton, then take those, those attendants and whew, the big bang has started. Make it bigger. 
That means the network opportunities are bigger. This is, this is internet land. And once you then do it in throughout Mercer County, you know, replicate this in who knows how many cities in, in New Jersey, in Newark, in Camden, in, in Tom's River, in New Brunswick, in Atlantic City. And then, you know, there are hundreds of other communities like this around the nation. That's the evolution. Is it going to be done in five years? No. But until you do that, there's no widespread nothing. There, so we got to start someplace and we're saying, let's get started in Trenton. There are people there through these vignettes that would so appreciate this. Right. It's clear. This, and some of the profiles are, are there for people to read and uh, provide some great insights right. about just what the need is and how, why people would look forward to it. Right. And I think that then there is a market. Then you do have a geography and you do have a use case where these things, nothing else can do it. You can't afford to, to, to pay gig workers to do that forever. You can't afford to pay taxi drivers to do that level of service. And if public transportation could have done that level of service with the, the things that they have at hand, they would have done it years ago. The problem is they can't. So anyway, we're looking forward to it. We're hopeful that somebody will help us in the initial two-year phases. We, we think that that thing's going to cost about a, a hundred million to do. We're out there, alms for the poor, looking at the at the at the um, at the foundations and philanthropic organizations uh, to provide us with that because we think that this is fundamental philo philo philanthropic e exercise. We've done a great deal for let's call it the poor with respect to housing. Certainly not as nice as my housing, but at least some low-income housing. We've done it with Medicare. We, you know, there's some health health opportunities, certainly not as good as, as United Healthcare, which is what I have, but at least somewhat good. We have food stamps, uh, helps them with food, certainly not as good as me going to, you know, who knows what, who knows what to buy the things that I buy, but at least somewhat good uh, in, in those particular areas. What have we done for them in mobility? Oh my goodness, you know, look at the schedule at best every half hour. Look at from where to where, oh my goodness. Certainly, I mean, really, those are the only places that I can go? We can do better than that. And that's what we'll be talking about too when the summit rolls around again this spring, the fifth annual Princeton Smart Driving Car Summit. Scheduled Absolutely, and I'm, and I'm going to be talking about it Tuesday night at, at the Transportation Research Board, and, and hopefully, you know, some people there in the transportation professionals of this world will finally see, my goodness, instead of serving the the 1% of the 1%ers as, as GM wants to do, uh, hey, come on, 
I mean, this stuff is sitting there just waiting to be used for this, where, where at least it'll be appreciated. I don't know how, how many 1% of 1%ers are going to appreciate, you know, the, the new gee whiz bank Cadillac. I don't know. They'll, they'll still go out and buy a Porsche or, or, a, or a Rolls or a Bentley and never mind. Well, the calendar marking is the 6th and 7th of May for the summit. I think we can. Uh, yeah, we put that one down. Come to Trenton, um, you know, and come bring, bring your wares and show them off to the people at Trenton. And, and, and also when you're there showing your wares, uh, uh, pay attention to the people of Trenton. I think they are a representative of at least a substantial market segment that this technology could could very well benefit and uh, and in fact, um, I think also uh, be profitable in the process of delivering those benefits. And the plan is to have the community be a part of the summit as well. So Absolutely. Uh, you know, Saturday is is a festival to have the community there. Not not the Friday is, is the ties, you know, you know, all the, you know, supposedly us that know everything get together and talk to each other. But, but, you know, we're not the customers here. The customers are the people of Trenton. And at some point, somebody has to, has to start listening to the real customers, or at least worth. There are a lot more in the lower 20% than there are in the 1% of the 1%ers, by definition. On that note, thank you to our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, the ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO, and more information is available at MOTOETF.com. Technical support is provided by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 corporation. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts from. Smart speakers can play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening or watching. Stay safe and have a great year ahead. Absolutely. And go Steelers today. We've got to beat the Ravens and, and, and hope for a miracle that Jacksonville beats the Colts. I mean, uh, whatever. you got to have hope. Anyway, good luck, everybody. I'm going to go watch the game. <laughs>